You're listening to Nurse Converse, presented by Nurse.org, a collaborative podcast amplifying diverse nurse voices. Get ready for a dose of inspiration, a sprinkle of education, and a whole lot of community. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Nurse Converse podcast by Nurse.org. I'm Cheyenne, aka Midwife Shy, and I am one of the hosts you all voted for. So thank you so much for voting on this platform. And I can't wait to spread some joy to your ears. Um, today's episode, we're going to focus on maternal health, uh, maternal wellness, and postpartum health. Um, I am a certified nurse midwife. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's an advanced practice registered nurse, but we also um, catch babies. So I do women's health across the lifespan. So from puberty all the way through menopause, including prenatal care, during birth, and postpartum care. I currently work in a hospital setting, so I catch babies in a hospital, and then I work in a clinic doing office visits. Today, I would like to have Sierra with me, and I will let you introduce yourself, Sierra. So thanks for having me. My name is Sierra. I am a registered nurse, a international board-certified lactation consultant, and a postpartum doula. I own a company called Mella Mama Maternal Wellness, where we provide lactation and postpartum support to new parents. We provide in-home, in-office, and lactation support via telehealth. We are located in Indianapolis, Indiana, but we see clients anywhere in the world. So I've seen clients all the way in Australia before via telehealth. So we can literally see anyone anywhere by the internet. Okay, great. And I'm so grateful for you and all the work that you do. How did you get started into this? Like, where did your passion come from? So actually, it started prior to having a baby. I knew the founder of the Black Breastfeeding Coalition here in Indianapolis. She kind of would take me to different like events around the city that were dealing with breastfeeding. And then um, went off to college kind of gave up on it. I was like, oh, you know, maybe when I have a baby, I'll think about it. Well, then I had my first son and that was when I had issues with breastfeeding. And that was where I decided to like get back into breastfeeding and like learning more about lactation. Started breastfeeding my first son and we had issues with latch. And when I went to look for a lactation consultant, it was really hard to find someone that looked like me. I did end up finding one. She ended up being my lactation consultant. And to this day, we are still really cool. She supports me in everything that I do, shows up to all of the events that I have. But it was because of her that pushed me in realizing that there's really a need for other lactation consultants that are of color. There are definitely a lack of people who look like us in this field, the field of nursing in general, definitely midwives. There's only like 10 black midwives in Indianapolis, which is the capital of the state of Indiana. You know, it's the biggest city in the state of Indiana and there's 10 of us. That's like astonishing to me. And with the black maternal health rate, like we need more of us helping take care of us. You know, that makes me think about how, so actually I'm the only Black IBCLC, so International Board Certified Lactation Consultant in Indianapolis that provides private practice care. So once you leave the hospital, I'm the one who will be able to go to your house and 
help you with lactation services. I am the only IBCLC that is Black that does that currently in Indianapolis. And that's why I refer you to everybody, girl. I refer you to all my patients. I just love that. And then our patients love it too, you know? So like people want to feel comfortable talking to and like relating to people that look like them. So you are in school too, right? I am in school. Tell me more. So I'm actually um, in school to become a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. So my goal with that is to provide mental health services for new parents. I've realized as I go into homes and, you know, deal with new moms, they don't have any support when it comes to their mental health. It's always like, oh, well, everybody deals with that. You'll be okay. Like just kind of push through. And as I'm with new moms, sometimes it's not just lactation that they need help with. There are other mental health things that are going on that I know that if I had these another certification, another degree that can push me into the next direction to help them full circle, it would be more beneficial for new parents. Yes. And it's really beneficial also because one of the leading causes of maternal mortality right now, which for those who don't know, it's a cause of death from some anyone who's pregnant or all the way up to one year postpartum is like suicide and substance abuse. So having more psych mental health, either NPs or doctors, any type of provider who focuses on maternal health is going to be crucial to getting this number down. This also brings me to another point is I work with the vulnerable population of patients. So like a lot of people below the poverty line, immigrants, people, you know, of all different races, all different backgrounds, all different cultures. And that's my favorite part about my job is my patients and learning about their cultures. But the barriers, the barriers to a lot of patients play such a huge role in maternal mental health. So think about all the care and support and help that you need postpartum when you bring your babies home, what type of barriers there are that you have to overcome, such as no family paid leave, no maternity leave, you know, returning to work so soon and worrying about who's going to watch your kids and how are you going to pay your bills and then not having transportation to get to your visits and racism and bias in healthcare. Thinking about all that along with being postpartum, I can only imagine how that weighs on someone's mental health. Yeah, because you're constantly thinking about, well, what do I have to do next? Like you're you're always thinking about the next step to getting back to work to help and provide for your family. Oh, it's just so much. And it's very important that we have more psych providers who understand this and can do this from a woman's health aspect. But sometimes it's like you look to put in a referral for behavioral health or a referral for these people for a therapist and it's a man. I don't really want a man because I can't really relate and tell them how I'm feeling and they might not understand and they just might feel more comfortable having a woman. So that's also very helpful. And to be honest, I'm thinking about like, I actually went back and forth as to if I was going to do psychiatric or if I was going to do family nurse practitioner. But when I think about how many providers there are in the psych world, it's really low. There aren't enough. I mean, I guess in many areas there aren't enough. But to be honest, it seems like there's a lot of family nurse practitioners. And I knew that I wanted to more so focus on maternal mental health and perinatal mood disorders. And I I just feel like there's just not enough help with that. 
especially black women, like we are usually under diagnosed because well, most times you don't want to go and talk to someone about it because maybe your parent might've told you like, no girl, you don't need to do that. Like it's almost like a thought that a lot of black people do not want to get therapy or get help because you don't think that you even need it. And I want to also say that therapy is not, should not be frowned upon or maybe thought of as, oh, the only reason you need to go is if something's wrong. Like you can legit have a therapist and nothing be wrong. They can really help you through just like everyday life challenges that you might not even know that you even needed a therapist for, like somebody to actually help you with. So therapy can be used um, to help you with everyday challenges. So whether that's like helping you create a better schedule, uh, talking you through maybe some feeling that you might have had. And it can actually help you with like work challenges, too. So say you have issues like with dealing with certain conflicts at work, like a therapist can actually like walk you through ways on dealing with that as well. So I think it's so often we think, oh, you have to have a problem just to get a therapist, but you don't. That's it super help helpful. So many other things. Because I'm about to go give me one too, girl. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's just so many things that we deal with as black women. You know, we're under we're undervalued in every aspect of our life. And that can really come out in how we feel about ourselves. It can come out in our self-esteem. It can come out as imposter syndrome at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so many different things. So mm-hmm. that's on my to-do list in 2024 is give me a good therapist. And I want to add in that a lot of people don't realize that therapy is a lot of times part of your insurance plan. So you can actually get a therapist through your insurance. So that's where I would start. When you start looking for a therapist, go to your insurance company's website and look and see um, the resources they have for therapy. Because a lot of times they're paying for it. For example, with my um, insurance plan, I get eight sessions for free through my insurance. And then after that, um, they somehow bill and there's like a prorated uh, rate because my provider is through check with your insurance first before you go like looking for one. You might as well use the resources you got. Okay. Okay. Because I really want a black woman therapist because I want someone I can relate to just like the people who come find a black um, LC or a black midwife. I want a black therapist, you know, a black woman therapist. So I have a little list made, but I'm definitely about to look on my insurance plan and see because mm-hmm. we need help, all the help <laughs> we can get. So that being said, you accept insurance and like Medicaid, Medicaid and stuff like that for your business and for your patients, mm-hmm. right? Tell me more about that. Like what, yeah. what made you decide that that was a good idea for your for your business? Right. So when I create, so originally when I created my um, business, it was in 2020. Um, I went on to create a nonprofit in 2022. So it'll be almost two years. But And that is really when I decided to start applying for grants to help pay for lactation care. So currently in the state of Indiana, Medicaid does not pay for lactation care. Once you leave the hospital, Medicaid will not pay for it. So what it is, is that they refer you to WIC. WIC sometimes is very understaffed. They a lot of times don't have enough resources. Yes. Um, and that was when I decided to create this nonprofit because I knew that if I could get grant money to help pay for these lactation services for new moms, I knew that if I 
could accept Medicaid via grants, that would be the best way in order to pay for lactation services for new parents. Yes. And that's really wild that Medicaid doesn't cover lactation services, because in my opinion, lactation services is postpartum care. Mm -hmm. So postpartum care also isn't just six weeks after you give birth and then that's it. Postpartum care is really like one, at least one year, but they're saying like 18 months Mm -hmm. to seven years is technically considered the postpartum period as far as healing, mental, mental changes, um, matrescence and the different um, you know, stages that you go through becoming a mom, lactation is one of them. And that's considered postpartum to me, you know, but here we are. And that's why the infant m- mortality rate is high as well. So mm-hmm. we're doing things to change that one day at a time. Yeah. And when you think about lactation care, a lot of people think that, oh, well, I probably only need help as soon as I have the baby or maybe like the first week, but I always tell people like breastfeeding is a journey. So, and it looked different for everyone, for everyone, really. So I provide personalized plans for each person. So just because I might've like recommended someone try one thing, I might not recommend the other person try that because they have different things going on in their lives. So breastfeeding, when you think about over time, you know, that could be some people have breastfed up to like five years, mm-hmm. but maybe someone else breastfed six months. Like it's really up to the person. It's very much so what works best for you and your family. Um, and I also want to say, too, that when it comes to lactation health, you might not only need help in the beginning. You might you might not need me until you're ready to wean and you're like, I don't even know where to start with this. So I I get people at different points of their lactation journey. I often, I love to get people in the beginning because right before they have their baby, because then I can talk to them about prenatal care and like, and then also um, getting ready before you have your baby. Things that you should have at your house before you have your baby. Uh, Things to expect. So as soon as you have your baby, Oh, let's talk about the golden hour. Like just little things like that. So you know what to, you know what, you know what to know before you get to the hospital and have no idea like, well, now what happens? I've already talked to you about these things. So you'll be better prepared to take on your journey. Yes. And I love that because a few things, because, you know, some people might not need your help or think that they need lactation help until they're like going back to work mm-hmm. and then they see a dip in their supply and then they get stressed out and, you know, now they're working again. So that's already a big stressor. So tying everything back in maternal mental health. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, it's a, it's one big, huge circle, but I definitely mm-hmm. think it's very important prenatally. And I even think preconception, like mm-hmm. I tell people preconception help health is extremely important, right? So like you don't want to be having all these different comorbidities and issues before you even get pregnant because what's pregnancy going to do? Exacerbate every single one of them and then you're high risk and then there's all these issues which we don't want, right? Pregnancy and birth should be a natural process that you're, you know, that your body is experiencing and that that we're able and so lucky and blessed to be able to experience not a medical issue and a medical problem which is why I just love being a midwife because that's what I do. Mm -hmm. But I tell people the same thing. Like 
childbirth education prenatally is very important. So like learning about how you want your labor to look, what you should expect, you know, when you bring the baby home with yourself, with your baby, all of that should be things we're talking about prenatally and taking some type of childbirth education classes, but very importantly, lactation courses. If you don't do nothing else, breastfeed, you better be best believe I'm recommending you take a class while you're still pregnant because then you don't want to get home when the baby's here and you're like, well, now what? Well, the baby's here, so the baby's got to eat right now. But like, at least you come with some type of education about what that looks like. Exactly. So that being said, you know, when they, when they bring the baby home, we need so many resources, right? And I love like giving my patients lists of resources, mm-hmm. every type of um, help you can think of. But have you been seeing those like maternal wellness retreat yes. centers? They look beautiful. I know. I love that. I love the concept of them. But like, realistically speaking, I don't know. Because it's it's like, it's not accessible to everyone. Yes. I I was looking on the, there's one in New York, DC, San Francisco. I was looking on the website, right? And hold on, just for y'all who don't know what this is, a maternal like postpartum retreat is like, it's kind of like a luxury hotel, where like, there's 24 seven nursing, and it's after you get discharged from the hospital or after you've had your baby at home or birth center or wherever, you go to this retreat center for like either from five days to two weeks. And you have 24-hour nursing care for mom and baby. These like nannies help take care of your baby for you. They cook meals. I mean, three meals a, a day, you know. Some of them even have like spa services, like where moms can get their, right. Beautiful. <laughs> so moms can get massages, uh, get their nails done, whatever, you know, it's really a beautiful concept, but it's literally like a thousand dollars a night. Who can afford that? Right. I mean, not the people who need it. Like, I mean, everybody needs it, but the people who are dying and who have these high mor- maternal mortality rates who can really use these type of services, someone checking in on them. You know, who can afford that? Yeah, you know, it'd be beautiful as if it was covered by insurance, at least for like three days. What if right. you like get leave from the hospital and go straight into these places? That would be beautiful. Yes, that would be beautiful. I wonder if the if the mortality rates would go up, like or would go down because of that. Because right. people would have the help that they need, and not only are they like these are nurses usually that run it. So they're also checking their blood pressures and making sure that they don't have any blood pressures creeping up or like looking for warning signs, postpartum warning signs. Because a lot of times checking on their mental health. "Mm -hmm, Yep. Yep. Yes. That I think I just really, I don't know about the luxury hotel concept of it because it's kind of like, first of all, for a thousand dollars, I better be on an island. Okay. Like we are in the DR or something, but like, I don't know. I just want it to be feeling more homey. Like I wish, I wish there was like more like home, like, mm. you know? Yeah, that would be nice. More cozy. But this is also something people can do in your home by having a postpartum doula. True. So hiring postpartum doulas are also really important. Um, and there's so many around the city that are so good. Mm. Like they help cook, they help with the baby, they help mom, like get you a postpartum doula. Yep. Very helpful. I also I have that certification as well. Me too, girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 
I haven't used the S often just because I've yeah, been so busy with vacation and school, but it was definitely something that I was like, all right, yes, this is definitely needed in the community for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And having a good community of maternal health workers who like, we really collaborate here, like birth workers of color, whether it be lactation, midwives, doctors, nurses, doulas, you name it, right? Community midwives, hospital midwives, we all have to like work together. We're all here for the benefit of this mama and this baby. So having good doulas and midwives is really important because studies do show that having doula support and midwifery care have better birth outcomes. All these other countries, they have midwives as the main people who care for these patients. And like their numbers aren't nearly as bad as America. You would think that like we would be a third world country with how bad the maternal mortality rate is here. And it's sick because we're not. But if this was a rich, wealthy man dying over and over again, the government would probably put some funding towards it and things would be different. But I can't even get into that because we'll be here all day. <laughs> so, Sierra, you do a lot of events in the city for, you know, birth workers to come together, for expecting families to come. Tell me more about, you know, the audience you aim to reach, how you educate us. Okay, awesome. So my audience is geared towards women of color, but um, I have clients of all nationalities. So I'm open to anyone, everyone that I can help. So my my events are geared towards helping pregnant people to gain the resources they need, whether it's all they're already pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant or recently had a baby. Um, so the way, whether that's connecting them with different midwives or different OBs, doulas in the city, pediatrician. Like I literally have people come to me all the time asking, who should I have as my doctor? You know, so I've actually created a spot on my website, um, org. We'll link that too. So there's going to be an article after this episode and I'm going to put a link to that for everybody who needs it. Yeah. So on my website, if you go to parent resources, um, for folks that are in Indianapolis, there is a spot where it has um, providers um, that are of color with each network. So that was um, something that I feel like a lot of people had asked me. So I just made a spot on my website. And every time somebody asks me, I send them your website to girl because that is so helpful. <laughs> it's so helpful to have something that, you know, brings us all together in one cohesive, you know list you also have like events where there's panels mm-hmm. and I love speaking on panels because I really feel like it's a another way to get education out there for people who might not need it right now mm-hmm. so like recently I spoke on a panel that was with a sorority at one of the colleges here and it was just like you know they had food and they had it was kind of like a canvas painting mm. thing and it was really nice because i'm like okay none of these people here are pregnant none of these people are expecting but this is all very important information and there's also men there mm. which i really liked because i was like you know they need to be able to support their partners in the transition into parenthood as well and like having that information is it's, it's very insightful. And so I was like 
really happy to be able to be there and speak to people when they don't even expect that information. And people were like, oh my gosh, thank you. I didn't even know that type of stuff, you know? And just telling them like more about their bodies, more about women's bodies. Like one of my things that I love talking about is keeping a healthy vaginal pH. And like, you know, people are always thinking about what to use down there and what you shouldn't use down there. And they keep getting infections and all these different things. So it's like, I was able to speak about all of that in front of men and women. We talked about the importance of STI screening and prenatal care and preconception health. And it's very helpful to reach a lot of different audiences by speaking on panels. For sure. Yeah, I have an event coming up here soon, uh, January 27th, um, that is a panel discussion um, focused on Black maternal health. I actually had originally thought about having this event during Black Maternal Health Week, but I felt like what Black women die every day mm-hmm. from, like, we have the worst maternal mortality rate. Why am I waiting until April to highlight this when this needs to be highlighted I know, that's right. all year long? So that has been, that's my goal this year is to just, like, put, showcase, like, we need to talk about this more because there's a problem and it's all, it's not being addressed mm-hmm. correctly obviously, because the numbers are getting worse. going up. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The Black maternal mortality rate in this country has got to change. And it's really, it's really sad because it's directly tied to racism and bias in healthcare because it doesn't matter if it's a college-educated, wealthy Black woman or a for white women, our numbers are still higher, which is sad. Look at Serena Williams, who almost died. There was like that track, that track runner recently who oh, passed yeah. away. Um, mm-hmm. It's just there was right a doctor in, in here. Indiana. Yeah. yeah, there was right a doctor here. May she, may she rest in peace. But mm-hmm. that is sad. Yep, I knew her too. Oh Ooh. my goodness. Uh, much. So that's why we need more women of color working in these spaces. And I'm so grateful to have Sierra and her services. I'm so grateful for all my other fellow Black midwives, Black OBGYNs, Black doulas, Black primary care providers. Because like we talked about preconception health, hello, you need to be healthy before you think about getting pregnant. I'm just so grateful for all of us, but we need more. First of all, thank you, Sierra, for coming with me to speak about such an important topic. A few things that I would like to highlight is that maternal mental health matters. And having more providers who look like us and more providers to help is very important. So if you've been thinking about it, not sure what you want to do, but you want to go back to school, consider it. Um, Another thing that I would like to add is that the maternal mortality rate in America is still getting worse. So listen, listen to new moms, listen to pregnant women, listen to black women. Their concerns are valid. Their feelings are valid. Their pain is real. I would like to also add to make sure that you know those resources in your in your local community. Where can you go for help? Who can you go to that looks like you? Whether that's a midwife, a doula, a lactation consultant, an OBGYN, who can you go to that's going to listen to you? 
Who can you go to that's going to make you feel heard? And who can you go to when you're postpartum and you're at home with this baby, you need help? We have people like Sierra who do virtual stuff. So not even just locally in your community, but you can, you know, book with her as well. So any final thoughts? My final thought is, uh, first, thank you for having me today. I really appreciate that. But if you have, if you have want to learn more about lactation, um, please feel free to check out my Instagram. It's love, L-O-V-E, Mella Mama, M-E-L-A-M-A-M-A. And you'll find me on there and you can feel free to inbox me if you have questions. If you want, if you have questions about booking or anything like that, I would love to help you, love to support you. Yes. Thank you so much. I couldn't have done it without you. I love being able to highlight this topic that I'm very passionate about and I've spent my life work doing. So thank you so much. And again, that wraps up this episode. It's called Dear Mama, You Are Appreciated. Thanks for joining Nurse Converse, brought to you by Nurse.org. Help us grow by leaving a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Nurse.org supports nurses with career and education tips, life advice, and breaking news. Thank you for all you do and for being you.